is having organization around your own like personal structure and calendar so like knowing what you're doing at what time what time do you have meetings laid out all that type of stuff because i think it's important to reward yourself at those points because it keeps pushing you more to realize like this thing i'm building is working for me i'm not a slave to it i think you're like still in the trenches a lot more mm. than than any like one in the space i, I think you're doing the, the, the fitness stuff you're like i have a whiteboard next to me uh monthly projection i have the income like month to date how much money we've made so far i then have the daily average how much money we're averaging on per day you then times daily average by how many days are on a month we give you the month projection hey uh joining this podcast episode with the one and only charlie johnson uh just before we go through i think business related and just kind of go through um i think charlie just a quick one just to start off with i thought a good place to start maybe it's a uh, an elevator pitch style like introduction potentially and then who i am and what i do okay <laughs> yeah. so very short synopsis uh six years ago as an estate agent i did the gary v side hustle um built up an online fitness business one of the biggest businesses in europe um i subsequently moved to dubai two years ago we set up seven figure scaling systems which is the number one mastermind to help coaches grow their business about 14 months ago um, and the way I'd explain it to people is I'm the person who does the thing at the highest level and teaches other people at the highest level. And with a thousand percent certainty, and you can hear it in my voice right now, I get shivers saying it, there is no one in the world who can help you build your fitness business better than I can and the team we have. Uh, hence why we're on the podcast right now. Uh, and we actually have a huge event in Dubai in a couple of days' time, which will always be after this is aired. Um, but my passion is really helping people maximize their potential as I, we do in our fitness business. That's over 1,300 clients. And as we do in our, our mastermind as well. Amazing, and I think one thing on that, like I, I, I think we spoke a little bit beforehand, but one thing I see and I find is like you're exceptional. Like I've never seen someone better in terms of like building teams and like having it all run as it should. Um, do you have any like? Have you always been quite good? Like even with your real estate stuff in terms of team building and like finding the right people for stuff. One hundred percent, and that's uh, I say it's a huge compliment because that's that is the most challenging thing in business is finding the right people building a team and for anyone a really important thing to understand is any company you own you own a recruitment company because the most important thing you can do if you actually want to have a successful business is hire and train world-class staff because if you can't do that your business can be shit so um where i would say i was very fortunate at the time i didn't realize is my previous career of managing estate agents i was used to managing people knew how to run teams, knew how management structures looked like. Um, and then I have been fortunate, you could say, or created your own luck in terms of the team I created have come together and been great and it's worked. This, it's interesting you say that, that the team works really well and everything's very good because I still think there's a lot of room to improvement, but that's probably my perfectionist nature with certain things. And one of the most important things as well for anyone to understand a business is like, you will never be finished. The task list will never be zero. You'll never be like, you never complete business. And the moment you think you complete business is the moment everything tanks. Um, but I'd say the most important thing for people to think about when you're building a team is um, three things. One is sourcing the right person. Now, what I mean by that is not just hiring the first person who comes to you. I've done that in the past. That generally doesn't end well. Um, B would be if you're interviewing them, remember that they are selling themselves on you. There is a sale in that. I've made a lot of mistakes with that. I made a $70,000 mistake, which we can go into, which is another hiring process I'm fucked up. 
Um, and then thirdly, having clear expectations, which we actually spoke about a bit before this in terms of like what you expect from them, um, what they should expect from you and like what does good look like. And your job as a CEO owner of a business is to basically give them the playbook. So like imagine you've got um, Lionel Messi in the football team, you give him the ball. Like if, you, if he hasn't got the ball, he can't score the goal. So you have to think about um, your team members in that fashion. It's like how can we set them up to win? And often the biggest mistake I see is that a lot of people who hire people will be like, I hired this team member and he's shit. It's like, you hired him and you trained him and he's bad. So whose fault is it? And that's where like it realities in business. The most important thing is taking extreme ownership because like in all my business, everything is my fault if it goes wrong. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, Segwaiting a little bit from that, uh, potentially we'll, we'll come back to it, but like with, with that, how do you manage... <laughs> the pressure that comes from everything is, is your fault um, it's corny saying but it's pressure is a privilege from Chris Bumstead but your an important thing to understand is that your business will only grow to your ability to handle stress the higher ability to handle more stress the more you can do the more you can take on the more money you can make and that's a process that comes with time and I think a lot of people really underestimate how much they can handle but I'm a big numbers guy, right? So I'd say one of the most daunting things sometimes when you have a bigger business is our expenses are 100K a month, like flat out. So it's your face at that. So like, that's a lot of money. So um, I, I'm whenever I have moments of self-doubt, I go through all my bank accounts. I look at my net worth. I'm like, you, you're fine. You're not broke. I was like, you're fine. Like if I have like a few slow days where I start to shit the bed, I look at what we have. The second thing I think is a really important thing is... Um, I do a financial projection in terms of, okay, this is our average run rate of how much money we're going to make uh, every day. This is when we next have to pay all our staff, all the big expenses. That's how much income should come in. Um, and the numbers will give you a lot more security to know where you're at. And I think a lot of the time people don't look at the data or the numbers accurately enough because the biggest stress most people have is finances. And if you really check your accounts and really know what's going on like you actually doing it not like a fucking accountant i don't have an accountant like i do it myself to like literally know okay this is how much we're making this is how much we're spending here like you have to know the numbers in the business i think that's the number one cause of stress the second cause of stress is going to be uncertainty in terms of knowing exactly what to do to scale the business which is where if you don't know like what to do next or what to do every day you need a mentor to help you like i've always had I probably worked with eight to ten different mentors over the last six, seven years. Um, I paid one fifty thousand pounds in April, May, and doubled my business next month. That's money well spent. Um, and then thirdly, I would say is having organisation around your own like personal structure and calendar. So like knowing what you're doing at what time, what time do you have meetings laid out, all that type of stuff. Because the people reason people get overwhelmed and stressed is they can't effectively manage themselves. And if you can't manage yourself, then you can't manage other people, if that makes sense. Yeah, so a big for you would be the numbers, not knowing them, and I think that's, yeah. it's huge just having like a spreadsheet and mm. reviewing it all. And then, so what would your kind of personal boundaries then on, on point three look like? How, how do you lay out things now? And how does it um, I'm in a different phase now. I'm in a, I'm pushing it quite heavily in terms of my demands, what we're doing. So if I take it back to maybe what's more relevant to other cool. people than now, because I'll talk about three different stages here. So phase one is like the, the 
foundational phase, phase when starting, and this is the phase most people don't like and no, no one can, well, most people can't get through, is you have to work really fucking hard. You have to work an awful lot at the beginning. Like I did everything. I messaged people. I coached people. I coached like two hundred clients. I had all the sales. I made all the content. I did everything, and we were making like I was making like fifteen grand a month whilst working full time, competing and coaching all these people and doing all the other shit um, myself, and. That's why people say that, oh, I can't do it, I don't have time, is that you can, you're just not making it big enough a priority or it's not important enough to you. Um, so I'd say at the beginning, you have to fuck off balance because if you are if you want balance, you want to chill, then other people are not balanced, in particular the beginning, and going to fuck you over and push you down the pipeline and you're not going to succeed. So at the beginning, the unpopular thing is you're going to have to work hard. I think when you get out the point where um, you have got some traction, so you're making 10 to 20k a month more, that's in a different game of then starting to build your team. And probably the best stage I got to in terms of balance was before I moved to Dubai. And even the first stage when I was in Dubai, before I set up the mastermind, one of the reasons I set up the mastermind is I got bored and had too much time. Um, I was probably only working like three days a week. I took off like, I think Tuesday afternoon, Thursday afternoon and the weekends. <laughs> and I could see you laughing. And I was making six figures a month. I was like, it, it was almost too easy at that point. Um, but 2021 was a different time in history. It was like the easiest time to make money online, um, just with the, econo- the way economies were. So I think it's important to understand like balance comes as the business grows. Initially, at the beginning, you have to work a lot more. And then the goal I have for everyone is to like remove the golden handcuffs, I like to say, because the goal is you have a business that serves you and then actually helps you in terms of like it works for you, not the other way around. So you're not the one pressing the buttons, you can step away for a week, the business continues. I'll give a really good example, would be uh, Adam Lowe and Alia, who's still on the, ma- yeah. the Mastermind, right? They, um, a couple who were together, came the Mastermind, she did $90,000 last month, I think he did 60, um, which I know is a bit sore point, sore point for Adam if you watch this. Um, and they went away for a week to the Maldives, didn't really work, had a record month. That's when the business works for you and you don't work for it. And for me, that's like what success looks like and what good looks like because you actually have a business, not a well-paid job. And most people are just creating a well-paid job. Um, so that's what I'd call like phase two of like when you've got a successful business. Um, I'm more in phase three, which is like hyper growth phase of trying to like conquer the world and do everything, which is if you've heard of like mythology of like Icarus who flies too close to the sun and gets a bit burnt, I try, I'm sit about 90, 95% burnt out most of the time. Um, and go through phases of that. And when I feel that I really need to like take some time out and chill, I'll take like a weekend off and I'll maybe only work for like two hours and go and do some other stuff. But um, I think it's important to try and push yourself as much as you can. And if you feel burnt out and you need to rest, go to, like if you live in Dubai, go to the beach in the afternoon. If you live in the UK, you want to go for a walk with the dogs in the afternoon, take time out. Like go with how you intuitively feel. And I think sometimes people, 90% of people won't push themselves hard enough. And I think the other 10% of people, when they do take time off, they feel guilty for that, which I do as well sometimes. But it's like um, withdrawal symptoms, right? Like a drug addict. Like my business is like a big red shiny toy. If I am taken away from that, you're not allowed to use that for the next day or two. When I come back, I'm excited to do it again. So um, that would be my definition of balance is actually like, what do you want? Like if there's something you really want to go to, go and do it. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think it's the 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 homosis side of things comes across a lot a lot mm. as well. It's like why do something you don't why kinda of take way too much time off just because you don't enjoy to take that much time. Um and then what's the point that you go from phase one 
where you're doing all the things, placing all the buttons to going into phase two where you're starting to look at taking the, the handcuffs away? Um, the most important thing in that process is here's a really good thing to think about. So work out what your time is worth per hour. So if you work out, okay, I make X amount of profit per month, I work this many hours per month, divide them together, you work out how much you make per hour. What you then want to do is basically delegate and eliminate anything that's under that hourly rate. So um, first things I would, I would delegate for anyone who's listening to this runs a coaching business. One would be fulfillment. So you should, shouldn't be doing a coaching check-in. So you should hire coaches to work under you. B would be like messaging call setting. C would be content editing. Like these are the monotonous time laborious things that really get you sucked into the business. Um, and you're working in the business, not working on the business. And for you to go from phase one to phase two, you need to be working on the business, which is building systems, building teams, all that stuff, so you can start to come back. The only thing I would say is important at that stage, though, is for a lot of people is what are you replacing? Like, if I step out of 20 hours of work a week, a week what am I replacing those 20 hours with? Like, sit on the beach drinking cocktails, or am I actually going to do something else that's productive? So I think that's the only other thing I think some people make the mistake of is they take their time out and step back, but they don't redeploy that time effectively, if that makes sense. So if I look at what I'm doing now, um, and I know it's going to come up later on, but one of my plans for next year is focus on personal brand, growth, content, audience, everything as much as possible. So I'm trying to get as much of my time back so I can spend time on podcasts and share knowledge, experience, and help inspire people um, rather than being like building click funnels pages and running all the ads. Like I can do that. I've learned all those skills. But no one else can do this right now, like right here, other than me. Yeah, yeah, I see. And it's, then it becomes it becomes much easier. So I guess I'm just wondering, like, with the taking time away and and getting people to redeploy that time. One big thing I've kind of picked up of being around you is like the biggest thing is always money coming in. Like nothing, like that's by far the biggest importance. Um, is there anything else you would like look at or is, is it always going to be like money coming in has to be like uh two things so i'm glad you said that i don't know how that came across but like if we look at money isn't everything in the world but money is everything until you don't have it so for example people say oh you shouldn't want to make loads of money on, on for whatever reason well when your mum or your dad or your son or your wife is really fucking sick and you can't pay the medical bills you're gonna fucking take a hard look in the mirror and be like i, I should have worked harder and been had the ability to take care of everyone um and i think the next thing you've got to look at is in terms of like the things that actually show success in the business is money like that's the driving factor of why we do this yes we want to help people but that's the thing that shows how good you are at your skill because the amount of money you make is direct reflection of the amount of people you manage to help um, and the value the size of the problem you solve so the other thing i would look at is like a, what i obsess over is booking calls and leads and I was always obsessed with that because that's the leading indicator of your business so like even if I had okay so if I mentioned my bank accounts earlier right if I emptied all my bank accounts got rid of everything but I knew I had I don't know I think we were like 25 30 fitness sales calls today I know I've got money coming in and if, we, if I know that I've got that for the next week I know there's money coming that's the leading indicator of your business is the leads coming in and calls booked when that stops, that's when you've got a fucking problem. So that's the most important thing to understand is like what's the leading indicator of your business? For online fitness coaches and anyone with online businesses, it's going to be leads coming in, so it's going to be calls booked. 
And that's why I always say to people, it's like the only things you need to think about is booking calls and closing calls. And one of the most stupid things I've seen other mentors talk about is building fucking systems. Systems for fucking what? Yeah. Like I've spoken to people who are building systems for seven months and still making the same amount of money they were seven months ago. Like the reality is like the goal is to make more money and grow the business. You can make really complicated email automations for the sake of looking fucking clever, or we can just do the basics and execute them superbly well, make loads more money and scale the business. And if you look at, from a sporting perspective, if you look at like the greatest basketball players and athletes in history, they'll just practice the basics over and over and over again. Does that make sense? Yeah, and you don't go to the next thing until you've actually got... Yeah, until you've got that skill set to a high level, right? Because the biggest thing I see is most people lack the ability to distinctly focus um, and see through a task. They start something, it's maybe harder than they thought, and then, oh, I'll go and do the next thing. And they dance around, like, dipping their toe in each pond before, like, really fully jumping in, if that makes sense. Yeah, and the biggest thing that came to mind to me was when I was personal training, I spent, like, six months doing a Wix website, mm. which got, like, one cool book in, in that time frame. Um, so I guess I'm, my... My my question is with, with regards to like getting calls booked and and like getting leads coming through. What's the like? How do you? I'm guessing that's something you wouldn't delegate. Like that's something you um, wouldn't delegate until. You so the last it. two things you want to delegate in a, well, the last thing you want to delegate in a business is sales. So actually taking sales calls because that's where the rubber meets the road and that's what really brings income into business. Um, I would initially say that up to a certain point, if you have the capacity, you should handle, like, I still do some outbound messaging in my account now, like maybe like 15, 20 messages a day just to prove a point um, and to m keep the other guys doing what they're supposed to be doing. So I think leading from the front in every business is important. But I would say at some point you, you need to start to let the reins off and uh, saying alike is you can have control or you can have growth. And I have to accept a lot of the time that... Um, things aren't maybe 100% done, done how I want, but that's allowed me to go and do all this other stuff over here that's allowed us to skyrocket off, if that makes sense. Yeah, and I guess doing it at 70%, but doing much higher volume of it is mm. way better than doing maybe 100%. Well, it's, like. it's leverage, right? If I've got 10 people doing something at 90% of the capacity that I could do it, then that's more than I could do anyway. Like, I can't do it all my... I, I joked on a podcast that I, I reckon I could get seven figures a year on my own, like with no one. I wouldn't enjoy it and it wouldn't be fun. And I'd probably hate it after about a year, I wouldn't do it again. But it would be possible to do. But then when you actually bring other people in, you've got so much manpower and leverage at that point that the output of what you do is huge. And one of the most important things I think people to understand is that getting everyone to row, like imagine a rowboat rowing the same direction makes a huge difference so like for example today i have a call with like 40 people on zoom from who, who work for us from every business i have to be like now is the two fucking months you have to put your fucking head down and go for it because now is like money making season so we all need to be fucking super switched on and make it happen um and when you have people working for you if you get an extra five percent out of every person imagine i've got 40 people working for me, you get five percent more out of all of them that makes a big difference in terms of performance so um I'd say another important thing too is incentivize people for performance and make sure they know what good performance looks like. Would incentivize them performance, would that just be pen and paper? What what's, what does good results look like in the middle? And then 
breaking down what it takes and then yeah so it almost to the point of like this is what this is what we expect this is what good is and here's even like here's some bonuses if you can exceed it so what you want to do is people to overperform so i'll give an example we had a if you watch this gaz gareth one of our phone dialers he we had we were doing about 300 phone calls outbound a day um, we bought this guy in from South Africa and first day did 630 calls, twice as many as anyone else. Everyone else is like, what the fuck? So instantly, like the bar, the standard for everyone else is going up. And that's what you need is people to hold people to a high standard within the business because I said to you before, we've got rid of a few people recently because if you have someone who's not performing, it pulls the average down. If you get rid of them and you bring someone else in who's even fucking better than everyone you have right now, it's putting you way up. So that's the goal is to actually like build a business and improve the team and structure you have. And that's how you go far quickly is together with a group of people. You don't go alone, if that makes sense. Yeah. In terms of letting go of people, you mentioned, what's the step process you use for that? Like when do you decide someone's... Okay, um, this is a good conversation. So firstly, if anyone makes a mistake or is really bad at the beginning, I get rid of them, like straight away. If it's like... Given it, like a lot of people fail even to get an interview, so like, people will like, I don't know, message me on Instagram about a job role. I'll be like, send me a Loom video. They're like, what's a Loom? I was like, you failed. Like, yeah. like not good enough. Um, if you don't know what a Loom video is, you're not going to be a fit. So the way I look at it is, um, I allow people like Slack in terms of like, you, okay, you make a mistake. Um, okay, you need to do it like this. Here's a video recording. Uh, I'll show you as well. Do you understand this? Yes. If they do the same thing again, then I'll get rid of them. Because then at that point, they're not coachable because you've reconfirmed them what they have to do. They've got a video recording of how to do it. And now they're not doing it. And I, at that point, I ask them, it's like, do you not understand or do you just not want to do this? Because if you don't understand, there's a video showing exactly how to do it. And I've already shown you. So therefore, it, it clearly looks like you just don't want to do this. Yeah. But that's like you making sure you've got the steps posted. Mm be on top of it at the beginning and then it's and that's why I think the most important thing for everyone to have is um, daily meetings with a team every single day call setters closers whoever is in your organisation to make sure you're beating to the same drum um, because the biggest issue when you have more people is a lack of communication, communication and clarity and who's doing what and people have to take ownership of specific tasks and as I've scaled, one of the problems I found out initially is at one point I had like 16 people directly reporting to me and I was losing my mind. Now, what's important is that um, I look at almost like Navy SEALs teams. You don't want more than six people coming to you directly because otherwise it's too much. You can't manage more than six. So I always try and filter it out and to have no more than that coming direct. So like um, one of the things I'm going to teach you the mastermind is actually how to build teams and then how to build core setting teams and how to pull people up to be managing that team if that makes sense because ideally what you want is like a supervisor for every team and then you just oversee them if that makes sense and jump in when there's problems yeah so the communication is still happening for the 16 people but it's like there's a someone before they get to you um and then what does the the like daily calls look like what do you go over on those like how Um, good question so the calls I manage are the sales and call setting calls for the mastermind. So we go through, it's ironic actually, I only thought I said it before, but this is basically what we used to do when I was an estate agent. We go through the 
the diary of like viewings and I'll basically do the same thing with like phone sales calls. So we'll go through all the, cert, the, pro, the prospects who are booked in, look at all their social media profiles, um, review what we're going to pitch them, what's the angle to use on each person. Um, so like we have a game plan for everything that day. We then look at, uh, same for the previous day, like how do those sales calls go? What's the feedback? We look at um, what calls been booked, who's booking what, who's struggling, because it's all about having a quick feedback loop so we can fix problems. And the quicker you have a feedback loop with problems, the quicker you can scale your business. Because if you solve problems today that you didn't know about until next week, you didn't spoke to the person, the business moves forward much quicker. Yeah, it's like seven times quicker mm. if you do it daily then. Um, cool, amazing. And one thing I'm potentially going to spiral it here again, but one thing um, for some reason came to mind very first thing um, when, when I was thinking of the podcast was more towards like the numbers and the business growth like one thing for me that i find challenging is like a the switching off side of things but also taking money away from it for like personal stuff um how do you balance the two like spending on yourself versus like the business and when do you know Uh, that's a great question so um i'm a big believer in positive feedback loop so your brain will instinctly remember positive feedback so i had a weird phase last year where every time someone signed up for mastermind i'd buy a pair of trainers to be give me a positive feed- I, I got like way too many trainers so i had to stop like it would be, be retarded so i had to stop that quite quickly um but that was what i was doing to like give me license to be like you did a good job do you do a good job so i think having something you do like that is important so um treating yourself is important like i bought this because we hit um a milestone business wise and um i'm gonna buy a new car when we hit next business milestone that i have set my mind because i think it's important to reward yourself at those points because it keeps pushing you more to realize like this thing i'm building is working for me i'm not a slave to it um and i would say there's a fine balance between and you're not this way inclined. I see some people who are reckless and spend all their money on stupid shit. I've never been like that. I invest like 95% of my money in properties. Um, but you actually spending some on yourself will motivate you more to work harder. And that's very much what's happened to me. And I say for you that um, how much you put into your business is as much as possible when there's something that's got a really good ROI on it. So the most Im- biggest thing that's made most money for me and always will do is mentorship and guidance and like people to learn from because um the more you learn the more you earn and you learn faster if you just go to someone who knows exactly what to do who's done what you want to do or like knows that industry inside out because what you're getting from that person is experience of how not to make stupid mistakes like i made a lot of mistakes in growing my fitness business and other businesses i have um and that's where like I've taken a lot of scars and had a lot of big problems. And that's where I can save people a lot of issues and heartache and problems that they don't even know are on the horizon yet. And that's where I say to people is like, I can see what you can't see because I've climbed the mountains you want to climb. And I know what it looks like when you get to the peak and then like, how do you get down from the top? Or what do you do when you want to go climb the next mountain? Cause I've been there and I've, I've crossed that hurdle. And I think, a lot of that then comes down to mentality and mindset. And I actually would say the biggest thing I find now more is the bigger my businesses get, the more I'm realizing it's a personal development and a mindset game at that point more than anything. Because 
I know all the strategies, I know all the tactics. It's just then about how do you maximize who you are and think about who you are rather than how do I do it? So like becoming the person you can have an eight figure business, seven figure business, whatever it might be, rather than how do I do it? The second thing I would say contrary to that though is that when it comes to how do I do it, that's where most people get stuck because they think, oh, I'm gonna go buy all the ClickFunnels books and run, learn how to sell stuff on the internet. It's like, that's the how. If you think the who, like who's the person who can just be like, yeah, do these two, three things, you're off to the races. And that's literally how I doubled one of our businesses in May by just do, like changing an offer in terms of what a mentor said to us and literally doubled the business like that in four weeks. Yeah, it's it's what like it's the more like I think one thing I was thinking about recently is like every mentorship investment I've always made my money back, mm. and it's because I think it's more back in myself more than anything. Um, so one thing you kind of touched on was like skill development and like personal development stuff. Is there any kind of like top two or three things you think like you need to have somewhere in your notes or on a whiteboard like to to prioritize and look at to to keep improving in um this isn't a personal this is probably a personal element and this is something i i've mentioned before the mastermind everyone should do i have a whiteboard next to me uh monthly projection i have the income like month to date how much money we've made so far i then have the daily average how much money we're averaging on per day you then times daily average by how many days are on a month we give you the month projection and then I'll have an estimated profit, which is minus roughly what our costs will be. Um, knowing your numbers and that, seeing the fluctuations is really important. And I think physically, like writing something, really engraves it in your brain to focus on the most important thing, which is making money in the business and driving income. Because likes and followers and shit like that doesn't feed your kids. Like you actually making money and having a profitable business does. Now, when it comes to personal development, I'd say it comes down to a couple of things. One, um, the spouse or partner you decide to be with will have the biggest impact on your life. Alongside number two is the environment. So the environment of who you associate with, the environment of who your friends are, the environment of where you live. Um, I've changed both of those things in the last three years and it's made me very uncomfortable. It's pushed me very hard. It's been very difficult, but it's now put me in a position to then start to go to the next level of where I want to be which I knew couldn't be done where I was previously. And I think that's what people need to look at is like what's potentially a weak point for me right now? How can I prove that fixer? Or who doesn't maybe add value to my life I maybe shouldn't see so much? And all the time that can sometimes be your parents and your family. Like I've probably distanced myself from my family a bit to then go and push off and do these other things because they would say to me that you work too much. Like, why are you working so much? You're obsessed. Like, and like my answer to that would be like, you have to be if you want to go really, really far with something. And the reality is you can go through times of being obsessed and super driven. And you do that for two, three years. You then get to a certain level, then you can do whatever you want. And most people aren't willing to like do the fucking grind for two to three years to get to that point, which is the big problem that most people aren't willing to like cross that hurdle. Yeah, and with getting yourself, it's probably going to be very hard for people to like to relate it to everyone, I guess. But with getting yourself out of your comfort zone, I'm, one thing I'm kind of thinking out loud is I've never seen anyone like put like t- 
take such big action that they just failed tremendously. A hundred percent. So like the my greatest gift and biggest weakness in business is like one I implement like insanely fast better than anyone else, and two is like volume. Like I try to hit everything with like a volume hammer. Like if you look on Instagram, I have six thousand seven hundred posts. Like I've got we ask the podcast do we do a lot of podcasts like i do a lot and um action creates reaction right i think a lot of people don't understand that and i'd say in particular at the beginning you have to play a volume game to see what works and a lot of people i see, i literally i'll say to him like obviously you run a call center business so i say to him like okay how many outbounders you doing like 30 i was like that's fucking rookie numbers i was like this is okay if you go from 30 to 90 you book three times as many calls so why don't you just do that and the reality is most people don't although it's very obvious, don't sometimes connect the dots that, okay, if the main drive in the business is booking calls, what's the main thing that again, helps you get calls booked? More views, more better content, messaging more people. So then it probably makes sense to then spend more time at those things and obviously becoming better in who you are. So like better mindset, better at talking, better physique, whatever it might be. Yeah. Because it, it's interesting, like in the last few months, I'd see stuff come up, like I saw WhatsApp ads and stuff, like weird stuff, like that's not going to be beneficial. I'm like, what would, what would Charlie do? Like, that's a shiny object, yeah. ignore it. Um, so the biggest stuff is literally, it's always the same as content, it's conversations, getting that working well rather than. Well, yeah, it's, it's um, brand and reputation, right? Because your reputation, who you are, will compound for you indefinitely. And I think. The problem is, and I've been lured to that trap a lot of times, is it's very easy to get pulled off course of from the monotonous shit that needs to be done every day. I put posting group out the other day. It's like, it, it, you just need to do the monotonous stuff. Like, I do the same thing pretty much every day. And I actually thought about it earlier. I was, I, this is a really good idea for, a, a, like, a course, I thought. It was a 3C course, and it's um, uh, content, calendar, and cash. So it's, like, content in terms of, like, who you are, branding, um, like, getting views and traffic so people know who you are uh, next to cash in terms of like sales obviously making money and how that process works like and calendar is like how do you max out your calendar and actually organize yourself to be successful if you do those three things together you have a pretty successful business and that's obviously a very loose term but i was thinking about that in the car on the way here and i think that that then could like those three things really apply to any business model when i actually look at what i do that's basically the crux of what i do it's like content traffic calendar of maybe meetings and running people and then uh helping us sell stuff yeah i see um and then one thing i had i think you've seen on my on my notes but uh one thing i had in mind i just wondered i wonder a lot on is like what do you see for me in terms of my personal blind spots in terms of everything like where am i slacking or where it's probably not good to put out in the public but um <laughs> I would say for you, the number one reason most people struggle is lack of confidence. You need to believe in yourself more. And everyone, like I have a lot of lack of self-belief sometimes, but I am very driven and disciplined and just like keep going. So I think the most important thing is you really believing in yourself and having certainty. So like looking at like the people you've helped, look at the great feedback you get from people. And I say from anyone else who's in that position where you lack confidence, you sometimes lack confidence in your business because you don't commit and see things through like the promises you make to yourself. Like you become confident when you say, I'm going to get up every day at 6am and you fucking do it. You become confident when you say, I'm going to go to the gym every day and I do it. You become confident when you're like, I'm going to message 50 clients a day and you actually do it. And the big thing is most people don't do that. So I think for you, it's more 
um, confidence in terms of pushing like how good you are at what you are what you do because you are really good and then also in terms of you um, just 10xing what you do in terms of like volume of stuff but in an organized fashion so like I said earlier about the calendar is like being really structured in terms of the way you work because now we live in a world where it's really difficult to focus because there's so many things spinning your head all the time and business is a game of simplification not multiplication and I'm actually trying to think more now about how to simplify my life. Um, I'm reading a book at the moment, it's called uh, 2X is Better Than 10X, I shared on Facebook group yesterday. Really fucking good. And it talks about, um, uh, Michelangelo talks about um, building a statue of David. And he said, someone asked him, like, how do you make the statue of David so good? He's like, all I focused on was David. I was like, nothing else in my life other than this fucking statue. And if you think about it like that, you're like, okay, that makes a lot of sense. Because it re reminds me of the saying that, um, a genius, if he's focusing on five things and an idiot's focusing on one, the genius will lose the idiot. And too often I've become, not that I'm a genius, but I've become the genius trying to do too many things rather than just the one thing really well. And that's why I actually have on my computer screen or sticky note, like get aggressive with the detail because I want to go off and do everything. Whereas I often need to just like rein myself back in to be like, you're not allowed to do anything other than these two things. Yeah, I see. Um, amazing and then one thing inspired as well to just I guess touch on um, was your recent post uh, was niching down yeah um, what why shouldn't people do it and what's the balance with it because I think in my personal training time I definitely was told a lot more of the, the opposite and it didn't give me as many, as many results okay so here's a good thing for anyone to think about who's always watching listening to this the person who's telling you to niche down, have they ever run a really successful fitness business on the internet? Have they ever sold something really successfully on the internet? Probably not. Because the reason niching doesn't work down, in particular with organic traffic, say I'm a fitness trainer and I work with, I'm niche down, I work with vegan mums who are over 35 and they only live in Toronto. The reality is the amount of vegan mums who live in Toronto, there might be a few who follow me, is probably not that many. Also, the reality is the way social media works, that not all of those vegan mums who were in Toronto were actually going to see my content anyway. So probably 99% of the audience I have are going to be like, well, he's not for me, he only works with vegan mums. So you're actually pushing money away. And the reality is if you're a good coach, you can help 99% of people. Like, yes, you probably shouldn't be training Olympic athletes and things like that. The reality is they're not going to come to you. So if you work in gen pop weight loss, you can help men, you can help women, because the biggest issue people have is accountability and mindsets are the primary issues. Like we're not going to like um, molecular, um, molecular biology in terms of like gut microbiome issues with a lot of these people. Yes, those people probably need to go to a niche specialist. And if you have that skill set, then yes, you should niche. But 99% of clients, uh, fitness trainers, shouldn't be going down specific niches. What you find, particularly at the beginning is you will start to niche actually as you scale because you'll notice a certain type of client starts coming to you and then your business starts to niche more towards that so at the beginning you want to start broad because you basically just want to take who you can get and you need to make money as a business to get going like 99 percent businesses fail in two years so like if you want to be the one percent that succeed i would go broad targeting and then you'll find that a certain amount of people start to come to you so you might end up like okay I keep getting dads who are over 35. Maybe that's the niche to start to like 
not specifically label myself my Instagram bio as because you're just going to push people away but you make content talking to that type of person you relate to that type of person and generally what you want to think about is that you're the attractive character at the, the front of the story who teaches inspires every day and gives value and education and also helps people with their problems rather than being like a performing monkey into like a specific niche of vegan mums who only want to eat tofu like that's really going to limit your constraints and the big thing this comes to is traffic because you just don't have enough eyeballs in that niche to make it successful yeah so is that down to like so i'm guessing it's just more the content the copywriting is it down to the fear of like people not relating to the copywriting of posts or like um why people think you should niche yeah or yeah um if it's good copy, it's broad enough, it'll fit yeah. to most people, right? Like, yeah. come January 1st, what does everyone want? <laughs> so, so it's like, yeah. you don't need to be that specific. Yeah. Um, come, I don't know, come springtime, what does everyone want? Yeah, Getting shaped for yeah. summer, right? Yeah. So it's like, okay, so l let's just talk about these things yeah. and then put your own nuances about who you are and, like, use client examples. I think that's where we don't need to go too granular with it. I think that's where too many people... Um, go overkill going too specific whereas you need to be broader and I think the biggest thing people need to understand is it's a traffic and attention game and it's the coach who's the most well known he gets the most traffic who does makes the most money it's not necessarily the person who's the best coach and I'd actually say for anyone listening this is an important thing and I've actually said this to some of our clients recently it's like they've done some training seminars and stuff to be better coaches which is awesome like I fucking love that but they're already amazing coaches so like you can get 1% better at this thing over here or this like sales and marketing or 10, 20% that, like you need to put more time here to grow this to then really maximize the skill set you have over here because the skills stack and compound off each other and they multiply off each other, which is what most people don't understand. And anyone who's listening to this who really wants to blow up the business, you want to do skill stack. So I learned sales, I learned marketing, I learned copy, I was really good at coaching. I learned how to build funnels, I learned how to run ads, I learned how to do email marketing, I learned how to manage teams, I'm trying to do other shit now, like, learn how to talk a podcast, like, once you have all these skills, they bounce off and multiply each other, um, and that's really what, when you then start getting to the next level in terms of growing your business, or then it becomes easy, because like, if I, if I shut down and sacked everything off and sold everything and moved to Thailand, uh, which I thought about, I, um, I'd get bored after two weeks and set up another business. I know I could get another business of seven figures within a year because I already have all the skills. I know how to do it all. I have those like things that no one can take away from me. And that's the most important thing people need to actually do is build the hard skills and also become the person who can grow their business. Whereas most people are too much looking at what other people are doing or often getting retarded advice, which is what I see from a lot of them, um, about going down super narrow alleyways if that makes sense yeah i see so mm -hmm. with the skill stack um what would you say are the ones is it easy to say like the the, the biggest for you need to get from you know i don't know 100 yeah uh one sales so a lot of people say oh you shouldn't be talking about sales and actually it's, it's ironic because there's a a mentor who used to be my mentor who used to slag off uh, sales, who now copies me and now says you need to talk about sales, which is ironic. Most people listening to someone know who he is or might know who I'm talking about. Um, so sales is number one because that's what makes money into business. And also if someone's been overweight for 10, 12, 20, however long years, they're probably going to be resistant to joining a weight loss program. They're going to need to be sold into it and convinced that they can actually do it. 
confidence, right? We spoke about earlier. Second thing is going to be in terms of um, your ability to build relationships. And what do I mean by that? It's in terms of content. So like how relatable are you to like, how do you inspire people? How can you actually get traffic and actually understanding how social media systems work? Because you mean great sales, you've got no one to sell, you're not getting any traffic. That's not very helpful. Um, and the third thing would be just, I would actually say is the ability to think critically. So like, what's the one thing I need to do next to then fix like the point of a constraint in a business? And most people, particularly at the beginning, they don't understand that constraint is themselves. It's their mindset. Most people need to get out their own fucking way and just do what needs to be done. And I'll give an example. We had a client who was struggling with his business. He said he didn't have time, all this type of stuff. And I saw he was doing some stupid dance show thing that he's been doing like loads of training and stuff for a while. I'm like, well, you said you haven't got any money. You want to make you want to make more money in your business, right? You're not happy with that, but you're spending ten hours a week dancing. It's like the reality is you you have to like draw the line somewhere. Like this is either a priority for you or it's not. Because if it's not a priority for you, it'll be a priority for someone else over here. And guess what? They're going to take your spot. And that's the reality of the way business works. It's like dog eat dog. So I'd say sales relationships with um, clients through content. And then thirdly, would be like mindset and working out the point of constraint of like, what's the thing holding me back? And most people, that's the person looking back in the mirror. And that's the same for me, transparently. Like I'm not making a million a month because I'm not making the right decisions to do that yet. With the mindset one, was there a big one for you that was a big focus in terms of getting you out of your own way when you, like four years ago when you were doing the real estate stuff to... Uh, 100%. So I think there's a video I'm actually going to dig up and I, I might actually try and find it and play it at the Mastermind event and see if we've got speakers. I might do that. That might be, that might be good idea, actually. I was literally like shitting myself when I quit my job. And... Um, what I would say is the biggest constraint I had, and I'm very much driven from a place of fear of failure, is that I I didn't believe I could do it, or I didn't understand how far you could go. And one of the things that really changed my perspective was the first time I went to a mastermind event in the US in, I think it was like January 2020. Uh, actually, it might be January 2021, because I thought I was like Billy Big Shit at that point. I was doing like 30K a month. I was like, I don't know anyone else making this type of money. I was like 28. Um, and I went there and then I met now one of my best friends, Frank, who makes like a million a month. And I saw other people doing more than me. I was like, like, like how? It's like, it's like if he can fucking do it and he can do it, then I can fucking do it. And that just like altered reality for me of like entering the matrix. We're like, holy shit. Like you could do that. So for me, that's really just breaking the limiting beliefs in terms of how I can get to the next level. And from then onwards, it was literally like that year, I think I went from like 30K to 50K. And I remember having a conversation with Frank, actually, I've talked about this a few times. I was like 50K a month. And I was like, I was like I'm going to try and get to 60. He's like, don't be a pussy. He's like, you can do more than 60. I was like, get to 70. And I ended up doing like 80. I went from like 50 to 80 in a month, which was wild. And um, it's then just breaking the limiting beliefs of what can be done. And I actually sometimes now, I try and take myself back to the mental space I was in then. Because literally, I had like a, a shit little shed in my office, in my garden, it was my office. I literally would just go down there. I, other than training, I was down there from like 5, 5 a.m. to 8 p.m. Like you're just grinding, like building funnels, doing all the stuff. Like, 
and that for me was like the the rocky cut scene and the place that molded who I am and what I've done um, and it was incredibly difficult and I had to work really hard but I spent a lot of time learning skills a lot of time and that's where I say for me to get to where I am now to break those limiting beliefs I just had, knew I had to be so fucking good I couldn't fail and just had to work hard and put so much time into it knowing that I couldn't fail and eventually I would succeed because with anything there's like a breaking point right it's like you put enough pressure up against a dam it's going to break and business is very much like that like hits why I hit stuff with the volume hammer it's like if I just book enough fucking calls we'll, we'll get there and for most of the time that works sometimes in business it doesn't work but the reality in particular at the beginning you need to just take massive action and most people aren't willing to take a massive action and are also are not willing to put it on the line to be like yeah I'm going to pay this person to help me yeah I'm going to hire this team I've hired like I don't know five people in the last month like like we're trying we're like we're scaling like I don't give a shit like I'm going to do this if it kills me or not and most people aren't willing to do that and that's why they're not successful then it becomes much easier in a way when it's like competition like if you're doing the hours and no one else is then it's like well I, I can't lose yeah and I think it's a statistic on a podcast it's like I think most podcasts fail like you're in the top 20% if you do four episodes I've done I mean like fucking yeah. four episodes in a day like and that's the reality in terms of um, how easy it is in some respects to win like I posted every day on Instagram for like f six years or something for a long time I was doing three posts a day like literally three posts a day that's why I had 6,700 posts for I think three years I did three a day and I think up until last year I was doing two a day and most people were like oh I can't post I was like fucking really not that hard like get your phone out like write something post it like and often the the work takes lost lost time than we think it's just we procrastinate on actually doing it was that to an extent when you got yourself in those rooms more and you're like you see like the standard is higher in a, in a weird way like when you see everyone else is like pushing much higher and you're like like i, I remember when i'm back in like you know, back in Crawley, for example, and like school friends and stuff, it's completely different. Like the the stuff you can get away with, quote unquote, is yeah. you can't get well, the away. Standards yeah. too low, yeah. right? And that's why, respectfully, I had to, I had to let go of who I was to become who I am, because, no disrespect, like really nice people, amazing people, the people I used to hang around with and friends with, were going to hold me back from my dreams of what I wanted to do, and. I didn't just like like one day be like I'm not fucking speaking to you people but like I just slowly distanced myself in terms of like I'm working all the time I haven't got time it is what it is like I'm going this way you're going that way like and the reality is they, they now ask me is like how have you done this I was like remember that time you were playing FIFA and pissing around and I was just working ta da like and people ask what like the secret of success is it's that because the actions of what you do every day can either take you towards where you want to be or away from it. And that is the mindset you need to have in terms of being successful, just understanding like cause and effect. Like what's the cause of what's going to cause the results of what you want in life and what's going to take you away from what you want in life. Yeah. And I think one kind of big kind of thought from, from this so far and just, just um, everything, I think you're like still in the trenches a lot more than than any like one in the space i, I think you're doing the, the the fitness stuff you're like pushing it very very hard and i think that then inspires everyone else to 
to keep pushing so what's the like big big picture goal like do you have um at some point i want to get to a million dollars a month as a run rate i think would be cool i want to get to a, a property portfolio of five million i want to get my net worth to 10 i want to impact and just help as many people as possible and i think i've actually thought about this a lot it's like because at some point i don't really need the money and it's like where are you going with this my goal is just to motivate inspire other people to what can be done because the reality is i'm trying to become the person i needed 10 years ago and that's where the value and fulfillment for me is is when I have the ability to change other people's lives. I'll give you an example. First one came to mind. Um, Matteo, the Italian guy, the mastermind, he messaged me yesterday. He went from 4K to 26K in four months, which is fucking wild. And the reality is, like, getting someone to shape is cool. Like, getting abs is life-changing to a degree. Teaching someone how to, like, feed their family for the next 30 years is even more life-changing. So the fulfillment I get from that is huge. And my goal is to... Um, be the biggest authority in that space to help as many people as possible and continue to learn and become the best version of myself so that I can give that away to other people and give them the knowledge, the skills, the secrets and tips I learn to help them grow faster. And is this education, like online education space is only going to, I feel like there's so many like, different niches and like it can grow like do you see that space as well like do you see where do you see that like niche space going. yeah uh, online education space is going to boom so um my opinion the univ traditional university education system is going to tank other than people becoming doctors and lawyers and things you need to be super qualified for going to university to struggle at uh, study business just start a fucking business like you learn from doing and that that's my big argument with other business mentors is like Theory and practice are two different things. It's a completely different game when you actually do it. And as you said, you're in the trench. It's like, if anyone looks at my Instagram, I get loads of videos going viral now. I get on social media and fitness. I had one video get 1.6 million views last week. I had one last month got 8.7 million views now. Like, I know how to make content and create fitness content. I know how to monetize audiences. I know how to run traffic in the actual niche you're in, as well as what I'm doing in this as well and all the other things I do outside of this. And I think... That for me is like how you learn is you actually have skin in the game of like learning, refining these skills because the online education space is moving. Online, like if you think a year ago, ChatGPT was released, the world has changed because of that. Where are we going to be in 12 months' time? And staying ahead of that bell curve is what I'm going to do. And anyone who's working with this, I'm going to take with me. And anyone who's not on that journey is going to get caught behind. And the biggest thing I see why most people struggle right now is they're still trying to do things from like 2019, 2020 that used to work that don't work anymore and won't work again. Yeah. And I think that's one of those as well, like with like course style, like mentorships and mm. programs in the past, it's like what worked two years ago was like IGTV and it's like which doesn't even exist anymore <laughs> yeah. so it's you, you can learn it but it's, you still need to like actually it changes so fast mm. um, one thing I've been thinking about and maybe I'm taking it massively off topic was, was the whole AI chat GPT stuff I see that like I think the education start, started on now I think people that can play around with it and like know it can really get ahead I yeah. don't know how you uh, see I it I think there's um, 
I don't think anyone's really seen the potential of where that can go yet. The reality of AI, though, is it has replaced what people thought it wouldn't replace, which is creativity. But the thing it can't replace is accountability. So people want to deal with people, and AI can't necessarily look into someone's business and be like, that's the problem, because that comes from experience. I think um, AI is great in a tool in terms of... Um, editing content, um, it can be even in terms of automating all types of systems within your business. But when it comes to certain aspects like managing employees, you can't have like a AI management bot to like sack someone or like handle problems. Like that's gonna come down to you and that's why you're still gonna need to learn the hard skills for that. And also identify what works and what doesn't. So like I mentioned to you on social media, like our Instagram's like pumping at the moment and that's because I've identified what worked and like the hacks in the system. You can't put in Jack GBT and be like how to make viral content. Like it's not going to work. Yeah. Do, do you see like people using it at the moment for like how like how do you use it in, in your business? Like, um, AI? I'll give you a good example. So uh, me personally, I use Chat GBT for like I'll write a hook, for example. So I'll be like, are you a, a trainer struggling to make money online? I'll, be like, I'll type in like write me 10 other examples similar to this. Bang, 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 bang. And I'll make ads using testing different hooks. I would put in captions that performed really well and be like, reword this for me. So it redoes a caption and just reuse it. I, we use um, video.ai and some other AI softwares to cut up um, video for editing. We use an AI software for podcast show notes that's sick. I can't quite remember what it's called. Delegate that to someone else to deal with. Um, those are the type of things we use AI for a lot of the content production stuff um, and some of the creativity actually with scripting podcasts sometimes I'll do to help with the frameworks of that um, and then SEO optimizing even titles for videos those are the primary things we use AI for um, at the moment but I think that will change as there's more intricate systems and softwares coming out like I've looked into automated AI messaging but it doesn't work yet I've looked into like all types of different AI softwares out there, but for me, I won't make big pivots on things until I've seen someone else like do well with it. And if anyone wants their secret success, it's like focus on what works. Like a lot of people say to me, like, why don't you run uh, a VSL ad on YouTube to a funnel? I was like, well, I don't know anyone who's got that to work. So I was like, why don't I just do which I know works for everyone else and just do that better than them? Yeah. Yeah, it might be like a very big, like a big distraction. Mm. Um, one one thing I actually had in mind actually was like, what are the, some of the biggest like shiny objects you see at the moment, or biggest mistakes that people should just like stay away from? What coaches should? Uh, one first one comes to mind is TikTok. Um, second would be that you should run paid ads straight away, maybe unless you've got money to spend. Thirdly, would be <laughs> anyone who tells you you need to build systems, you need. These are the, like if, if a mentor says to you you need to focus on building systems, the the three things you need at the beginning. One is a core booking link, currently, it costs you about eight pounds a month. Number two would be some type of way to coach them, so you could just even use Google Sheets. Um, if not, I'd recommend Kahuna's. Thirdly would be a payment processor, Stripe, some way to take money from them. Four would be Zoom. You have those four things, you have a coaching business, you have the systems, cool. Go sell people. Like that I see is the biggest issue in the industry because people try and they obsess over the the wrong things that aren't going to move the needle. And that's why they get stuck because they're getting advice from people. Like I'll give an example. I see 
I'm on mailing list for some other people who do like business coaching, right? And they push email marketing to people, but which for fitness doesn't really work because it works on low ticket products, okay? But high ticket doesn't work because um, the when did you last buy something expensive on an email? Never. So um, what um, I see is happening is this: people are pushing people to run email marketing for fitness. It doesn't work. It works in the B two B market because the price point's high. Now, these people who are telling people to do email marketing don't even know how to do email marketing because they're doing things like putting images in emails that send you to spam. They end up putting uh, loads of links in that send you to spam. They've got banners on the emails that send you to spam. And like, it's like fucking blind leading the blind because it's like you're doing all the things that you shouldn't do, yet you're the person telling them how to run email marketing. And I think that's where people need to really take a hard look at um, sometimes the advice they're given. And like I say to everyone, it's like, we just show you what we do. Like, this is working, this is working really well, we've made a lot of money, it's like, you might want to try this, rather than um, being given third-party advice, which isn't that great, if that makes sense. Yeah, and I guess that's when it's like, the email marketing side of things, I guess that's when it's like, if it works on B2B, it's like, it's completely different. It's like, completely, because yeah. the price point's so much different, right? Yeah. So it's like, a B2B product might be, say, 10K, a fitness program might be two. So you've got five times as much you can essentially spend to break even. So then it works because you've got the volume there, right? So if I could spend, say say it was $10,000 and it would cost me a dollar an email, I could spend $10,000, get 10,000 emails, I I might sign one up. But if it's only two, it's a different game. Yeah, and it also feels like it's a... it, it's much harder to get people like even if you get people on the email the response rates it's just yeah it's I think for beginners that's um, a red shiny object I say once you've gone to past a certain point of scale it has some it has some merit like we send a lot of people to the podcast from emails we use it as like a, a warm up tool um, but I'd say that's a big trap that a lot of people get led down yeah and then warm up tool then um, something that's just come to mind is like say for leads you're having in your business now like people not ready to book calls or you've had a call with mm. that didn't sign up what where do you send them how do you run it to or like podcasts <laughs> like, we send a lot of people to podcasts like this um for fitness and business if you're watching this you might be one of those people um so yeah we send them to like long form content because ideally what you want them to get is as much value from the long form as possible so that can help them in terms of building their business uh, sorry buying into your business understanding more of what you do because they need more exposure to you a lot of time if they're not ready to buy. Um, if, for example, it's a fitness client, we prospect, we might give them free ebooks, guides, just give them some value. Um, and the reality is what you want is for them, when they're ready, they come back to you. So like give, 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 and eventually they come back. So I always say just lead with value first and then you'll get to where you want to be. And I think uh, from a call setting perspective, the biggest issue we have sometimes with our team and other people's teams I see they try and rush the call too quick. And it's like, you need to warm people up a bit. And the way I explain that is like the gap, right? The gap from where they are now to where they wanna go, like they, you need to identify they don't know how to get there and that you have the big shiny object that needs to go in the middle that they can help them with that. Yeah, and I, I guess that's when it's more like, what I find with, with setting in, in DMs is more like, like actually analyzing, just going more like, Showing in, showing care more than anything, mm. and like, I think providing value, yeah, yeah, um, and not pushing, maybe not pushing people, uh, yet yeah, like you say, not pushing people too fast, but also just give, like you say, giving them value 
rather than just ending the conversation if they're not ready. Um, cool. I think with DMs as well, a lot of people don't follow up enough. Yeah. Like anyone listening to this, if this is before Black Friday comes out, I would suggest you follow up with everyone who um, who you haven't closed or who haven't had on a call and offer them a Black Friday offer. Um, and if you don't have a Black Friday offer, if you, you must hate money. You should have one. Yeah. Um, and I guess with, with the follow-ups, like... I often see people are afraid to do it and, and, and probably I'm the same in terms of like pit and annoying people too much with it. Um, you either you want people to tell you to, to buy or tell you to fuck off, basically. So it's like, I, I would continue to message them until you get a response. If they say, I'm good for now, then yeah, don't maybe message them in a couple of, like a month or two. Cool, I see. Um, perfect. And then the Black Friday side yeah. of things, like I know that's going to be huge, but what what sort of stuff that people need to keep in mind for, um, for Black Friday? So people think you have to discount your services, which you don't necessarily. So what we do is we give away extra coaching for free. So we'll sell an offer that's like twelve months, and we will get an extra three months free coaching, and then we will give you like three thousand dollars of added bonuses. So like every ebook we've ever had, um, access to three live training events, like as much stuff as we can bundle up and give them in value. Um, we will sell that to them like that because you just really want to hype this up. And I'd also frame it about getting in shape for next year that like get your program to get in shape for January now. Yeah, I see. What Like there's a, there's a lot of resistance towards, or I, I feel there's quite a bit of resistance towards like the, the upfront 12-month set selling. Um, but... In like, what was some like? Was you always like that in terms of? Uh, I did a low ticket program that was wrong, and then went into high ticket. And I've never really pushed monthly. Unpopular opinion: monthly recurring is for pussies. So people want monthly recurring because they don't want to fucking sell. And they don't want to do their job. The job of you as a business owner is to drive leads and sales. If you're taking payments up front, you will make more money. You just need to consistently do that. Now, the reason people like MRR and call themselves the MRR kings is because they're complacent, they take their foot off the gas, they want people to coast. Respectfully, that's not what I push people to do. I push people to actually grow their business so they have um, an optimal selling system at the front end that consistently brings leads in and gets them to convert. Um, ideally to pay the forwards, if needs be, into monthlies. Um, and that's what drives front end revenue. Front end revenue, you can then reinvest back into the business to help grow it faster. And one thing most people don't think about is that money now is more valuable than money later because money later may never come. Because how often do you see like a client signed up and then they've had been a fucking car crash or they sprained their ankle or whatever, so they want to cancel the program. So like they might have signed a twelve month monthly commitment, but they're not doing a twelve months. Yeah, and like the reality of like taking someone to court is yeah, it's not like, happening, right? Yeah. Which it's just not worth a headache as well for you. So I'd say. Um, the clients you pay up front are also the ones who are going to be the most committed and get the best results. And that's where people need to understand that it's actually in the client's best interest to pay up front because they're psychologically committed. Yeah, and I guess that for people to not do it is just removing a fear. Mm. Like, not, you know, like having the conviction of your service and your program yeah. up, like the biggest thing to... 100%. I think people just don't know how. And that's not their fault they've just been guided the wrong way and i say if you're selling monthly reoccurring right now that's exactly what i would do if i didn't want to make money like we have a lot of clients on monthly reoccurring payments but probably 80 percent of our clients pay up front like, i think we signed up three or four people yesterday all paid up front yeah 
I see. Um, and I, I think wrapping up from a, uh, wrapping up. But like the last kind of question to uh, to mention was books books wise. What are your maybe top three? Um, this is a very good question. I, I like reading. Um, one would be Atomic Habits. So these are all Atomic Habits, uh, The Slight Edge by Jeff Olson. Those two are very similar books. So it's basically like what you do every day is going to define who you are and the way you behave. And I would actually say, I, I'm not going to say Alex Ramosi books because everyone's going to accept that. I'd say Stephen Bartlett's new book. It's not called The Diary of the CEO, but like something about CEO habits is really fucking good. Whatever Stephen Bartlett's new book is called, I've got it on my Kindle, I've read it twice, it's very, very good. Gives you a lot of tangible things to take away. So like two or more like habits-focused books, the third one is on business in terms of like being a CEO, which even if you're just you and your business right now, you're the CEO of you. So like learn to manage yourself effectively because if you can't manage yourself, you can't manage anyone else. Yeah, perfect. And then just the last one that's come to mind and then you forgot before it's going forward. But what's been... What do you feel like has been your kind of biggest like lesson from the last five years or since the shed? Um, when you're stuck, think who, not how. Because every time I've got stuck, I try to find the right person to help me. And I, this is actually the, probably the first time in my life I currently don't really have mentorship. And I feel, not. I've got a lot of friends around me who are very successful, so I just bombard them with questions all day long. But... Um, for me, I think that's the most important thing is constantly like I identified who's the person to get me to the next level and I'm now at a, trying to play a different game that's then difficult to find the person who knows how to get to the next part of the game. Um, and I'd say for anyone listening to this, if you're in a position you're not growing or you're stagnant, then you need to do something bold and take action. And I've spent a lot of money on masterminds before and it's been shit. But like, did I learn something? Yeah. But like, was it as good as I thought? No. But then other things I've done have been like a massive home run. So it's like, I'll take the swing and I'm willing to strike out because I know the home run could be so big that it pays off a thousandfold. And I think that's where most people, the reason they're not seeing the success they're wanting, they're not seeking that success out by putting themselves in the right circles, asking the right questions. And you probably heard me say this, but my favorite saying is that genius doesn't have great answers. You ask great questions because your life will sum the questions you ask. Yeah, amazing. Um, perfect. Um, yeah, we're wrapping up. And yeah, thank you for... It's a pleasure, dude. Uh, um, anyone who enjoys the podcast, if you check out, uh, I've got my own podcast, The Business One, which is the Physically Jacked and Financially Stacked podcast. And then we have fitness podcasts as well, which is the Thread Show. So thank you, dude. Amazing. Thank you. Perfect. Perfect.